and welcome back to another episode of the Wing It podcast. We are back for the footy. Oh, I'm so, so keen for the footy. Every person I've spoken to is just like, just keen to have footy back. It's in, it's in the air, the atmosphere. No one, no one this season is sort of backing down with their team either. No, All the one-eyed supporters are out. Unless you follow about two teams, you are you are high. And you are high. Literally, it's like Hawthorne, North Melbourne, that's everyone else yeah, is it. convinced they're going to win the premiership. Crows thinks it's final bound. Mate, Gold been... Coast fans, none of them are probably thinking they're final bound. Port thinks top four. Never heard so many Eagles fans in my life. Oh, oh Eagles they fans. Are, they're like, the boys are back, the band is back together. It's unreal, uh, isn't it? Whatever. How good is it to have footy back? We are so, so excited. Very We've exciting. had many plans Thursday night. Cancelled them all. Cancelled them all. Every, every single one. Every that netball team can all get fucked. We yeah. don't give a shit about social netball they team. They abuse us all they want. That's exactly right. But let's get into our AFL preview pod. We're going to go through the winners and the losers of the off-season. We're going to go through what we like this year. And we've got a great game coming up called the Quickfire 3. Yeah. We're going to go through every team and give them three words each. as to what we like, don't like. Just our opinion on them in three words. For this season. So, we're going to get to that at the end. But let's talk about some of the winners. I'll get you kicking off with probably the biggest winner of the offseason. And they look to be maybe the most winning team this year. Yeah. And that's the Lions. I think the Lions this year, you've already seen that I've called them as an absolute lock for the grand final against my Demons. Uh, and I think a big part of that is obviously their offseason. So, they got one of the best contested ball winners uh, and best tacklers and one of the best defensive midfielders as well. It's sort of underrated in Dunkley, uh, who obviously got sort of pushed out of that um, Bulldogs team, which somehow doesn't really speak to Dunkley's ability. It more speaks to how sort of clogged they were with that midfield. Um, mm. And then him getting out of there, I think, is is only better for, for everyone involved. It's better for the Lions. They've got someone great coming in. Uh, better for Dunkley gets more opportunity and obviously better for the Bulldogs as well because frees someone up there as well to really burst out. So um, the same with Gunston. Gunston yeah. is... One of my favourite pickups. Just a no-brainer pick, isn't it? Adult in the room. Adult in the room. That's the one I always like about yeah. it as well. And he can kick straight. Oh, dead on. Like, and that's been their Achilles heel for how many years? Literally. That's the only thing they can't do is kick straight. They're always leading the league um, in points. In, like points as in behinds. Uh, and Gunston's really going to come up and shore that up and really just slow down their forwards. Uh, and who better do you want around uh, players like Danaher and players like Hipwood? So easiest job in the AFL could be. Yeah, literally, he he might kick forty five goals, yep. fifty goals this season, mm-hmm. just under everyone's nose, and you won't even realise it. There you go, exactly right. And then obviously on the draft board, draft table, father son selection, Ashcroft. Haven't seen him yet. No, but we have seen him in the preseason, and fuck, he looked really good. He looks just built for the it, AFL, it doesn't does. he? Yeah, those players. Who they're replacing is a huge, huge upgrade. Yep. Lions is a player who was on the fringe last year. Now he's out. They are ready to go. All right, another team that is now ready to go. And, well, they traded in players to win now. Mm. This is a team that came from nowhere last year. No one except for the Wing It podcast saw them coming. Now they they think they're a big deal now. Yeah. And that's Magpies. The Collingwood Magpies. Three big ins. Yeah. McStay, Mitchell, Hill. Speak on McStay. You're all very keen on him. Yeah, McStay, I think last year he showed how good he can be. Obviously, he's a pretty decent uh, key forward and he's going to step into a much larger role this year going from sort of the second or third uh, key forward at the Lions this year to really being the number one key forward uh, with my check up there for, for the Magpies. So that's what's obviously going to be his main uh, role in the team and he's really going to have to pick up in the goals area and just taking great marks up forward. But the thing that I love him for, and I don't know why he's not being utilised for this already, is his ability to ruck. Yep. We saw last year when the big O went down for a few games, McStay came in and absolutely tore up. 
He was just tearing up opposition ruckmen. Uh, looked like he was made to be there, and he was getting around the ground in a, an amazing way. I couldn't believe how fit he was. Uh, and I think in this year, what they're trying to do to start off with, with Mason Cox oh, and Darcy Cameron, I, I just don't think it's going to work. No. Um, Mason Cox probably just not good enough for AFL level, and I think he'll realise that this year. Uh, and I think by round five, you'll see Mick Stay really become that secondary ruck with Darcy Cameron mm-hmm. um, and help him out there. And obviously, they'll just switch roles up forward with Mick Stay being a, a prominent forward. So, uh, But obviously, as a player that you're loving as well, a Brownlow medalist, and anytime you bring in a Brownlow medalist, it's going to be big, but especially for this Collingwood team. Tom Mitchell. I mean, the fact that they can bring in a player of his calibre for a discounted cost is obscene. The one thing Collingwood didn't have in their midfield last year was that in and out, 30 touches a night guy. Yep. They had no, Adams was either not on the park, but he's not that guy anyway. Dacos showed glimpses, but mainly off a half-back. They don't have that midfielder. No, they and don't. So, and Pendlebury isn't that guy anymore. He no, doesn't go in there, get 30, 35 touches and win the ball for you at no. ground level. So Tom Mitchell can do that. He'll have 30 touches a night. I don't care what, uh, whoever it was, McRae or Pendles that said he won't be that guy. He will be that guy because yeah. he's going to stay there all day and all night. All right, love what Collingwood are doing. Let's talk about your boys in the Ds. Not very often do you lose a star player, a star young player in this Mm. fact, in Dogger Jackson, and replace him with a numerous All-Australian bloke from the same position. Yeah. How does that happen? It's massive for us. Obviously, everyone knows about the Grundy trade. Um, With Grundy coming in, it it just makes us better. Obviously, losing uh, Dogger Jackson, no one wanted that to happen. Uh, myself mainly as well, one of my favourite players. But obviously he wanted to go back home and I wouldn't want a player to be disgruntled and sort of kept where they don't want to be anyway. Uh, That's not where you're going to get their best footy out of them. So um, him going out and bringing Grundy in for less money as well. He's going to be about 200 grand a year less um, for the next three or four years. And he's just going to make us better. So obviously he's already got a great relationship with Max Gorn, as it seems, um, which is fantastic. And Max Gorn this year is... It's speeding up that process of what I thought he was going to do anyway with Dogger Jackson, and that's his ability to swing forward and swing back. He really showed it in the Premiership year. Obviously, uh, he's kicked five goals in the prelim final against Geelong, uh, and I think you're going to see a lot more of him doing that, and especially going back and being that other intercept defender, uh, especially when if our defence is struggling or if the forward line's struggling. He can go either or and be just as damaging. And really, like when he's doing that, we were sort of sacrificing our ruck and sort of taking a little bit of a step back with Dogger Jackson being so young. But now, when Gorn goes forward or back, we're really not taking that back step whatsoever. We're getting a player in there that's been up up there with Gorn as the best ruckman in the league for the last five years, six years. Oh, it was about Hunter. Yeah, sorry, I oh, sorry. Yeah, I didn't think about any, Lockie Hunter. I didn't think anyone wanted to speak about him, but you somehow did. Well, Lockie Hunter, I wasn't very excited about him uh, when he first came in. I didn't think he'd really get a game, to be honest. I thought um, Jimmy Jordan had really held, held down that wing very well, and he was a fantastic player for us. But Lockie Hunter, is as soon as I watched him in the preseason, it, what, he did set the world alight, but it wasn't the fact that he had 26 touches uh, and 20 of them being kicks. It was the fact that when I was watching him, I realized that he was just the missing link for one little tiny thing. So the Demons have always been terrible at kicks inside 50. Worst in the league. The one year we were good, funnily enough, 2021, won the Premiership. Last year, regressed back to the mean of just being awful at kicks inside 50. Obviously, when you've got players coming in at 100, 100 miles an hour, like Viney, like Petrarca, and like um, Clayton Oliver... Not the best kicks, not the best users by foot. That's not what they're known for. But now Lockie Hunter comes in, and he is only good at one thing. 
And that is that chip kick inside 50. Yeah. The little tiny kick to the forward runs onto the lead. The little chip kick um, around the corner. And that's literally all he does. Yeah. And that's all we need him to do. If he's getting 10 touches a game and eight of them are those little chip kicks, it's going to turn us into a genuine premiership team. And that's what we struggled with last year. It wasn't so much our forward line wasn't clicking, Bailey Fritch was too selfish, whatever you want to say. It was the fact that we weren't getting quality entries into our forwards. And that's why Tom McDonald is such an important person as well. Mm. Is He's the only one who can have those really good kicks inside 50. Um, and if you look at our team, it's actually despicable. I was looking at uh, just the other day. You look at every team and go, oh, he's an absolute lethal kick. You look at our team, tell me who the good kick is. No, you're probably right. Outside your forward 50, you've probably got no one. We have Fritch no one who's a good kick. Like as, as you know, I think Fritch is a fantastic field kick, but when you're in the goal square, you're not really going to utilize your field kick very much, no, are you? So uh, bringing Hunter in as that field kick um, with those chip kicks is really going to revolutionize our team, uh, and it's going to make him look a lot better than he is as well, which is really fantastic for him. Huge. All right, and the last team we think was a winner in the offseason was Port Adelaide. I can already hear Tom Yates moaning, but... When you get in a generational number one draft pick in Horn Francis for not much, and you bring in a guy like Rioli who people forget how good he is. Hasn't played a lot of games, doesn't have the resume really, but when he did play in that West Coast year, he was the first player they picked in that, mid, in that forward line with Lacroix. He was starting on ball when the game was on the line with 40 seconds left in the grand final. They didn't want anyone else. They went Rioli, Shuey, and Sheed. Like that's, Rioli was there. That's huge. Yep. These are star players who are going to make Port better, not just for right now, but for the next, or Juan Francis especially, for the next 10 years. Yeah, so. a player like Junior Rioli is obviously going to come in with that winning pedigree, as you mentioned before. And if you're getting thrown in in big games into the midfield as yep. a small forward... When you're in his not, first year. Yeah, in his first year when he's not that's not his role whatsoever. It just shows how damaging he yeah. can be. Uh, and Jason Horn Francis, like... Speaks for himself. Yeah, people spoke about him as the next Dangerfield, the next Bontepelli... He is so damaging and he just needs the time to grow and flourish as a player and I think he's going to get that at Port Adelaide. There's no pressure on him. Not at all. All right, we love it. Now let's talk about the losers. There's always a loser in every trade period. We picked out three of them and one of them's very obvious, I suppose. Yeah. But it, it was it's astounding just how obvious it was. Mm. We understand when you need to go through a rebuild and shift your focus. Get it. Yep. Never seen a team blow up every adult in the room, mm. kill them off. And now we're going in with a complete unknown. And that is Hawthorne. They sold not only the farm, they sold the barn, and they sold the next n- next door neighbours too. Yeah. And the village, the whole entire thing. They sold as much as they could. The whole they? entire Dilly Squat farm, everything's gone. <laughs> I do not understand how they could possibly think this is a good idea. But here we are. Obviously, I think the idea for them is to regress and move back and obviously move up in the draft. Uh, but I honestly think they should start planning for the number one draft pick right now. Yeah. They are definitely going to win the wooden spoon. Lock it in. Every t- every other team's actually all pretty much got better around them. Yeah. Um, and with Hawthorne finishing 13th last year, overperforming, in my opinion, I think they could easily regress to that 18th, especially mm. um, a massive loss for them is Jack Gunston. Uh, and unfortunately, in the offseason, um, Mitch Lewis Oops. as well, who was one of their best players last season, went down with a, a season-ending injury as well. So that's losing 80 goals from your forward line. Uh, and that's obviously just going to really hurt any team, but especially a team who that's probably a large majority of their goals last year. That would have been nearly all of them. Yeah, literally. Seriously. So um, you lose your two best key forwards, and it's it's obviously that um, it's obvious that they're going to regress, and it's going to be a really rough year for Hawthorne. I think they're going to get run all over, and especially last year with them being one of the 
worst teams for giving up uh, fantasy points to the midfielders. I think this year is only going to get worse with losing a player like Tom Mitchell. And a Jaeger O'Meara. Jaeger O'Meara everyone well. yeah, else. This team Jager, is yeah. ridiculously bad now. It yeah. is obscene. And they lose like a captain like Ben McAvoy as well. It's and unbelievable. The last couple of years have been pretty rough for them. Sicily might lead the lead in fantasy points just because of how many kickouts he's going to be having every game. Yeah. All right, another loser this year, GWS. I don't think they're going to be terrible. I think they're still going to be a pretty handy team because they've got quality. But yep. when you lose a much as Taranto, yep. Hopper, and a Bobby Hill, I don't think Bobby Hill was the best player ever, but it's a loss. Yep. Three big names are coming out of that team, especially the first two. That's going to be hard to regroup from. Yeah, definitely. When you lose the engine room in the midfield, obviously Taranto and Hopper, two great clearance players, uh, great contested ball winners, and uh, Bobby Hill as well, as you said, just electric inside electric that player. 50. Yep. Uh, it's going to be really hard for you, but I truly think this year for GWS is a really, really pivotal year, and it could go one of two ways with this year could either be an extremely down year where they're sort of middling around that like 15th, 16th spot, mm-hmm. or they can really bounce back and some of the, the older players and some of the new players as well could really jump up, like a Finn Callahan, which we'll talk about later on, mm-hmm. uh, or like a Cornelio and a Whitfield and Josh Kelly and players like this. Still good class. Massive class. And uh, I think Kingsley coming in as well, I think he's mm. fantastic. And he could really, really turn this team around because... The main thing I always look at with a team is what's their spine like? Yeah. Because often like great teams have great spines, um, and their spine is fantastic. It's still great. You got like a Sam Taylor at the back, who's an All Australian uh, fullback. With Nick Haynes next to him as well. Nick Haynes as well, um, and then you've obviously got heaps of pace off the back line, and then you've got a player like Lockie Whitfield with his class. You've got Cornelio and um, Josh Kelly, Kelly in the yep. middle, and then the forward line like with Cadman coming in uh, and. Jesse Hogan, who's always been pretty decent as well. And Toby Green. Toby Green, who's one of the most dynamic players in the AFL. It's, a, it's actually a solid list, dude. Yeah. I, I'm almost having a light bulb moment like last year with Collingwood. A little bit. Um, but I think they will definitely push towards that 10th, 9th, potentially even 8th spot. I agree. Probably not 8th, but more of that 11th to 9th. I definitely see them in there. Uh, and I know you rate them this season as well. Caroline Wilson came out this morning and said they're going to come seventh. And I wow, really? looked at it and went, you know what? Fair enough. They are an absolute unknown team. You don't want to play. And just because they lost stars doesn't mean they don't have stars lurking in the team still. And if you look at the stars they lost, Bobby Hill doesn't want to be there because he was trying to get a trade the previous season as well. Jacob Hopper barely plays. He yep. always seems to be injured. And Taranto as well. He, there's always something going wrong with him. Last year, he had a first, a good first four or so rounds. Average um, after that. And then average after his shoulder shoulder issue as well. So he's had a few shoulder recos. So obviously, he's big players to lose, but it's not like they had an enormous impact for them already anyway. No. And I think last year, they didn't play for the coach whatsoever. No. Leon Cameron. Um, and after that as well with Spike. So I think this year, seems like Adam Kingsley like from our um, sort of interview with... Matt Matt Flynn Flynn as well. He said Kingsley's really made an impact and he's been um, sort of great around the club already and I think that really does change the dynamic of the club. Completely agree. Now, a club that didn't change any sort of dynamics this year in the off-season was Sydney. We said here, if you're not getting better, you might be getting worse. And I tend to agree by that. Adapt or die. And they they haven't changed anything. The main issue here is if you look at the history of the AFL, if you lose a grand final, you do not make the grand final again the next year. No. It is borderline impossible. Yeah. The last time someone did it, I think we're back, I think it's like 2009 or something or other, the last yep. time a losing grand finalist made it again the next year. Yep. It just doesn't happen. I saw a graphic this year of um, since 2000, there's only been five teams to make the finals since losing a grand final. There you go. And especially when you add in the fact that it's a blowout. Yeah. You look at the blowouts, Port Adelaide. Yeah. We went oh, to sorry, t- that was 40-plus 40, 40 point grand Yes, so, exactly. So, 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 so,
went to, had a camp and then still haven't gotten back since. Yep. It goes, the list goes on. Sydney well, could the be demons, next. The Demons after 2000, we lost by 40 plus points and yep. we're sort of we're years. mediocrity for 17, 18 years. So. This is it. So it's hard to come back. And with the Sydney team, which had a lot of aging players, yep. which we don't think are going to be, well, either aren't there again in Kennedy. I understand yep. he wasn't, uh, you know, a, a walk-up start every yeah. game last year, but still an adult in the room. Uh, Buddy Franklin had an unbelievable season. No way he replicates that. There's no way. He's, 50 goals. He he will, there is, if he kicks half of that, I'd be pretty impressed. Yeah, there's no way. And then the next you know, lines are Reed, for example, who's yep. proven over his career he can't stay fit. No. A lot of ifs and not much changes in that team. They're a loser the off-season. Yeah, especially when every team's getting better. Yep. If you're not doing anything, you're automatically getting worse. So. They're a loser. Bounds. That, was out. that was out of bounds. That- All right, if you're having no luck on the pun, and trust me, we've been there. I mean, Doggo, tell me how Matt's multi went last season. One for 22. Absolutely no good. That's stinking. Well, luckily this season, we are going to be betting with a bit of confidence thanks to our partner, Bet With Joel. Yeah, Joel's been killing it on the NBA for us this season. The Greyhounds are much the same, and he tore through the bookies last AFL season. And his AFL package is by far his most successful, and we're going to be on it for sure. So if you're keen to jump on board, make sure you visit the link in our description and sign up for his AFL season-long package, and I promise you, you will not be disappointed. All right, on to our season preview now with our biggest riser and biggest fallout. Uh, according to the ladder. So we reckon from last year, Carlton finished ninth. We are falling back into the trap again, and we're taking Carlton to rise and finish fourth, or top four at least. You know the old saying, once bitten, twice shy. <sighs> Never heard of it. We're going again. We're uh, going straight back at them. You did it last year. Yeah. I did it the year before. Yeah. They are horrible, horrible cretins in Carlton, but we're taking them on. So yeah, I think they're a bad team. They're going to make finals this year. They're rising up the ladder. Simple as that. And why is that? Well, because the best stat in the AFL history is uh, if you finish outside the eight, you make one team will f- make the top four the next year. Wow. Happened every year since 2015. You take out 2015. It's happened pretty much every year pre-2005 pre or something or other. Wow. So it is just a pretty well flawless stat. So Carlton have to be the one. Carlton I can't will be, see it being anyone else. No. Carlton are rising from ninth and they're going to fourth. They are the riser. All right. Biggest faller now. Hawthorne's an obvious selection here. We hate them. This is going to backfire so badly on us. When the Hawks culture, it just comes to fruition and they finish 11th. Uh, But I can't see any way they do it. You lose 80 goals from your forward line and then you replace it with nothing. You lose 80 touches a night almost in your midfield. From your midfield. (laughs) And then you're relying on one of the youngest midfielders in the league to patch it up in, obviously, Ward. Apparently, Will Day's going in there. McKenzie, who does look really good. Newcomb and Warple. Warple, a player who wasn't even playing any games last they year. They wouldn't combine for 100 games. Yeah, exactly. So, it's a big question mark. Finished 13th last year. Hawks gone down to dead last and 18th. They're and the biggest faller for sure. And this one here as well, we had to add it in. It's hard for me to bet against the Bloods culture. I agree. Because Wayne Wardale has just infused it into my blood <laughs> over the last like couple of years. But there's no way the Swans can even go back to being top four again. No, they're falling out top four. In. Yeah. 100%. So they finished third last year. I've got them sitting around eighth or ninth. That's a decent drop off down the ladder, down five positions at least. So big, big call to back, to back against the Bloods, as you said. But and it's not that much of a, a back step for them because this year, that eighth and ninth spot is going to be so tight and contested. Oh, it's not funny. Percentage Just wise. like it was last year. It'll be percentage from six to probably 13, you yeah, know? Yeah, literally. So, so the Swans will probably be in that dogfight down there, but nowhere near the top four this year. All right, now this is the part I'm very excited for. 
Our quick fire three word challenge for every team. Dogger and myself both have three words for every team. We're going to say them off and give it a quick little spiel as to what it is. But quick fire, fun game. All right. First off the bank, first off the rank is Adelaide Crows. Dogger, three words. They are underrated. One hundred percent underrated this season. Everyone's seen the Chrome of the last couple of years and seen, oh, they've just been dwelling down the bottom. But the Crows have always, as much as I don't like them, they've always been hard to beat. Mm-hmm. And I think this year they're going to return to that. They've got Isaac Rankin in, which could be an absolute X factor of a player. Last year, for the first six rounds, they were missing Tex Walker. Uh, this year, they get him, obviously, for the entire year. Darcy Fogarty looks like he's taken a massive leap. Jordan Dawson now as a captain. And their midfield has been rejuvenated with a lot of youth. And I think this year they'll be hard to beat. They'll be underrated. All right. My three words. Rebuild's over, right? It's been a rebuild for so long. Time to start winning some games and putting some wins on the board. All right. Brisbane. Who's helping Harris? Harris Andrews has to be the only key back in the back line. Jack Payne's in there. I don't think Jack Payne's any good. It's going to be their Achilles heel all year. And we'll talk about it all year. But who's helping him? 100%. All right. Pressure makes diamonds for the Lions. They're now the hunted now. They've been the hunter for so long. Now they look to be the favourites to win the flag. Will that turn into diamonds? I'm not so sure. You never know. Colton. Keep the trend. The trend from 2015. That's Every it. year a team goes from outside the eight to inside the top four. Carlton have to do it again this year. Completely agree. All right. I've got uh, no excuses now. You keep recruiting, you keep recruiting, you keep getting better. What's the excuse if you don't make finals now? It's becoming a joke. All right, Collingwood. Even better now? They've got better in the offseason. I don't think they can go better because there were, I think it was 8-0 and last year in games decided by five or less points. You can't recreate that, but they're better. And they are. All right, uh, Collingwood, I've gone, was 2022 a fluke? I think it was a fluke. Like Maybe. you said, 8-0 and in, in close games. Let's say they have that this year. They're not a finals team. All right, Essendon. They are building. Ooh. I can see the vision. I see what Brad Scott is. I mean, Chris. No, Brad Scott is trying to do. They brought him in. I think he's going to be a mastermind with the footy club and the footy department in general. I think this year they start the building. Uh, what the yuck? Like, <laughs> not one thing I like about that team. Okay. And again, in the most mediocre coach I've seen in a while since Ken Hinckley. Frio. New look Freo. We're hearing this year they're throwing out, taking it slow and building the game from the back line and they're wanting to go, go, go. Jordan Clark's going to be important. Different players throughout the midfield like Brayshaw might have a different role. It's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, Will Fife fire. Mm. You get rid of the lob. A lot of pressure on Fife in that forward line now. A lot. Can't kick straight and can't stay fit. Mm. Mm. Geelong. It's the year. Ooh. It's finally the year that Geelong fall off. Wow. Everyone says, all right, it's going to be this year, going to be this year. It never happens, but this year is finally year, the year they fall off and look old. Somehow gotten better. They lost Selwood and got better. Strange. Younger, more experienced, more everything. They look better. I think they're hard to beat. Gold Coast. What have you got? All right. Not kids anymore. What's the excuses of this team now? Every year it's excuse, excuse, excuse. It's time to win some games. Finals will bust. Much the same as you. It's now or never. Got to make finals now or you're going to just be mediocre for the rest of eternity. GWS. Hard to beat. I really think this year with Kingsley coming in and the amount of obviously great talent they've still got there, it's not going to be a rollover when you come to GWS. 
Uh, uh, feast or famine? I think they come sixth or they come sixteenth. Don't see any between. Mm. Hawthorne. Oh, easily wooden spoon. Yeah. Not even close. I think this year they'll be one of the worst teams getting around and just an easy beat every week. Uh, worst team ever. I don't think they'll win a game. I, wow. I, there's not one bit about that team I can see anything. I, they, I think their whole entire midfield, including their Ruckman, average about, oh, no. Oh, at, combined for less than 100 games. What are we yeah. doing here, guys? All right. Melbourne. The Redemption Tour. Oh, nice one. Last year, went out straight sets. Everyone was writing us off. Everyone's been talking in the preseason, but I think this year we're coming for the flag again. Grundy missing piece. Two of the best Ruckman of the last 10 years on the same team. Does that work? Oh, I don't know. It's a bit of an experiment, but I think it might. All right, North Melbourne. Clarko doesn't lose. This is true. He might not win, but far out. They're really, really going to be a hard team to beat, and I think they're going to be very annoying. Unneeded pressure cooker. Have you ever seen a team with more pressure on that has been a bottom four team for the last three years? Yeah, Clarko true. doesn't lose. There, there, there's Taron Thomas. There's Horn Francis. There's all this pressure for a team that shouldn't have any pressure. Port. Are they there? And that's to come finals time. Are they going to be there? I don't have any faith in them to do it, but the list is good enough. Prelim or bust? Got to be. And even a prelim lost, I don't think does it for Ken Inkley, but for wow. me, this team needs to win a flag right now. That's massive. All right, Richmond. The missing pieces. Yep. They've won three premierships without having a midfield, essentially. And now they've finally got great contested players, great clearance players. These might be the missing pieces to another premiership. Completely agree. Locked and reloaded. They get bringing these new players and they've reloaded, but they still locked in all the old boys and Dusty and Revo and Koch and go on. It's a still a great, great team. St. Kilda. Absolutely no chance. Yeah. This team is in absolute shambles with one, their list, and two, all the injuries they've got. They've got eight of their best 22 out at the start of the season. They're going nowhere. I have to agree. Uh, rebuild time again. I mean, we just recruited for a flag two years ago with Jack Steele and mm. Zach Jones, etc. Brad Crouch. Brad Crouch, Brad Hill. Now we're rebuilding. What's going on there? Uh, Sydney. Did not improve. We spoke about it before. They didn't get any better. And if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Grand final hangover. No one can overcome the hangover. It's a rip snorter of a hangover. I don't think Sydney are going to overcome it either. All right. West Coast. Are they done? Can they show a little bit of life le- left in them? They've got all Australians throughout the team everywhere. A good spine. Oscar Allen's back. They might stick around. Ben is back. Oh, I love it. I think they're going to be pushing finals. I think, they're fa- oh, I think yeah. they've got the, the home ground advantage. And like you said, mm. the cogs they need, they're a hard team to beat, like Crows have been and many others. Western Bulldogs. Way too tall? Yeah. It's a risk. They're going with a tall back line, a tall forward line. I think it will work, though. I think Jamara Uglehagen has an enormous year. New pieces, same cracks. I know it's four words, but anyway. Lots of new toys, mm. but we were fixed the biggest crack of all with a guy who hasn't played footy in three years. Is yeah. this, have the cracks been fixed at all? That's true. I'm not too sure. All right. That was our three-word game. That was good. That was fucking I like sick. that. That was fucking That was heaps good. All right. Let's go into Let's wrap the show up with our awards and then uh, Matt's multi to finish it off. Matt's multi's back. He's leaked it. He's leaked it. This was not on the script one bit, by the way. All right. Awards. Let's go through it. Quick fire. Rising star. Dogger. Finn Callahan. I'm putting it out there right now. Will Ashcroft is an absolute lock to not win the rising star. I agree. There is no way he wins it. Too many mouths to feed in that Brisbane midfield. They're not going to care about 
getting him touches and making him a great midfielder. Nope. They're trying to win a premiership this year. Finn Callahan, second year in the system, had all off-season to come through, and everyone in GWS has been talking about him. Matt Flynn, six months ago, was talking about him. Adam Kingsley hasn't shut up about him. At $9, fantastic value. Agreed. I'm going Cam McKenzie. That team's been gutted. Someone's got to touch the ball, right? He's going to be a starting midfielder in a team that has to play in the AFL. What's going on here? Cam McKenzie, 12 bucks. It's over the odds. Most improved player. The winger, most improved player. The winger, most improved. This is true. The winger, most improved then player than Dogger. I'm going with Dylan Moore. Love it. Yeah. As you said before, they need an adult in that room. And the fact <laughs> that a 24-year-old Dylan Moore is going to be the adult. Who's been good for one year. It's Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And obviously last year was fantastic in the forward line. One of the best pressure forwards in the comp. I think he's going to go in the midfield. He's going to take his game to a next level with that sort of 50-50 split. And it's going to be fantastic. Agreed. All right, Noah Anderson. Yeah, Time to become an All-Australian. This is a big year for a star-star player. I don't want to hear any more excuses on Gold Coast for him or the whole entire team. Time to be an All-Australian and push for finals. Love it. Wing it DPOY, the Wing it Defensive Player of the Year. We love this award. Who have you got? I'm locking in Hayden Young. I think he's one of the best players in the game at being a great defender, playing taller than he is, obviously great aerially, and then one of the best distributors as well. He's like if Daniel Rich was actually a good defender. So <laughs> yeah, he, checks out. he, I think this year, is going to take that leap in that Frio side. Obviously, as I said before, they want to go quickly. I think his left foot is going to be a big part of that. Agree. Uh, Harris Andrews. If Brisbane come top four, he's going to be their most important and their best player. Simple as that. Midfield yep. stacks, forward line stacked. Defense is not stacked. It's a one-man band. All right. Coleman medal. Tough one. Very tough one this year, yeah. Who do you reckon? I've got Tom Lynch. Bit of a no-brainer. We think Richmond climb up the ladder. I think they're top four for me. I think they're top two, actually. So, Richmond climb, Tom Lynch succeeds. Fair enough. He's probably going to have the best um, delivery he's ever had as well. With that midfield. Exactly so, right. Mine, bit of a roughie, $34 odds. He came, would you believe it, fifth last year. And he's at 34 bucks. And at $34 odds. So, fifth last year in the Coleman medal race, and that is Frittata, Bailey Fritch. Bailey Fritch, in a premiership year, kicks 60 goals. He kicks six goals in a grand final. What more do you need from this man? I think this year, with Lockie Hunter coming in, he's going to provide the ball to Fritch almost every time, and he's going to be clinical. Last year, he scored in every single round, and only once he went above three goals. Wow. Didn't have a single bag last year. So this year, I reckon he's got a couple of bags in him, takes his game to the next level. Brownlow medal. Oh, tough one, but we know how to pick him on this podcast. Who are you going with? I'm going with a player that probably 12 weeks through last season you would have said was an absolute lock for it. And that's Andrew Brayshaw. Yeah. I think this year, takes his game to the next level. I've spoken about it before and I'll say it again. They're trying to go quicker at Frio. They're not playing that sort of kick and mark game. And I think he's going to be a massive part of that. Really bursting through the stoppages, scoring more goals, getting more votes this season and winning this first Brownlow medal. Yeah, Garamira knows how to play alongside a Brandon medalist too. That is true. Uh, Bontem Pelly for me. No Dunkley, really, really tall forward line. He has to be playing 99.99999% midfield, right? Has to. Right? Got to gotta do it. He's going to win the Brownlow. He's the best player in the comp on his day. Bontem Pelly. Premiers. We have come to a consensus on this one. Both going with the Demons. Yeah, I, I, I actually hate to say it. I don't like pumping this guy's tyres at the best of times, but... They look scary. We're the best team in the comp. We've got the best spine. And injury-wise as well, we actually look all right, he which really is quite good. good. Uh, we're looking healthy. 
I honestly think we're the team to beat more so than Geelong. Geelong have already lost uh, Hawkins' surgery. Uh, he reckons he'll be right to go around one. I don't seem to think so. But I just think we're looking primed for this season. As I said before, the redemption tour, we've got it in us. Premiership. I concur. I can't, I can't disagree, mate. That's how the season's going to go. Pretty much everything we said there. So Lock it in, mate. You can make a lot of money on those. You multiple together, I'm you could. sure. But make sure to gamble responsibly. And speaking of gambling responsibly. Irresponsibly. Matt's be... Multi is back You've got for be season ir- 2023. We're back. This is the third season that we're going. I think we've won Three maybe tips. four times. Um, but we're going to make it five this, this weekend. So it doesn't really matter anyway. Um, but Matt's Multi this week. It's a nice and easy one. We've got $5 odds. It's always nice and easy. And you won't believe some of the legs we've got in here. Absolute locks. Shoe-ins. May as well be a dollar and one cent, to be honest. Anyway, we've got Friday night, blockbuster at the G. We've got Tyson Stengel for two-plus goals. Lock it in. All Australian last year. Cash. Easily do it. And then we've got Connor Rosie, the Brownlow medalist this year, they reckon. 25-plus touches. Lock that in. Going to absolutely smoke it. He'll probably have 40 touches, to be honest. Cash. And then, we hate Hawks on this podcast so much. And they're going against the Dons. The Dons were led by Will Setterfield this weekend, Sunday afternoon. Get there, because the Dons are going to win, and that's going to catch the first Mass Multi of the season. $5, gamble responsibly. That was the quickest Mass Multi ever, and I loved it. Perfect. Well done. Got to stick to the reels, mate. Hopefully it doesn't end as quickly as uh, your as that does. No, but anyway, no, we're was, on. We're on. That's on. Love it. All right. Well, that is our first episode of the AFL season. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Weekly episodes coming back to your uh, AirPods, what do you want to call it? To your ears? Yep. I don't know. Line dreams? To your radio waves. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, anyway. Every Wednesday night, lock and load for the next 60 days and then it'll be over. But um, from then onwards... And it'll be solo. It's going to be a solo dogger show, which I apologize in advance. But anyway, Fantastic. thank you so, so much for listening. Stay tuned on everything, all our social media platforms. Yep, make sure to follow us on Instagram. At Winger Podcast. Follow us on TikTok. At Winger Podcast. Also have a sus of us on Spotify, which you're probably listening to now. At Winger Podcast. Thank you very much. Good night. Reminiscing on the days, I ain't know what was ahead. What I gotta do to make sure the family fed.